Hey guys, my name is Dr. Tom LeHue. Welcome to my channel. We're going to be talking about Enneagram Type 4, looking at this book by Beatrice Chestnut, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up. Before we get started, just a reminder in the description below is a link to my website, TomLehue.com, where you can book Enneagram coaching appointments or Enneagram relationship coaching appointments, whatever I can do to help you. Also, there's information on my website about the certificate programs, the classes that I offer. I'd love to see you in one of those classes if the Enneagram has been helpful to you and you want to use it in a way to help other people. That's a great place to start. And there's an event page on my website now. If you would like to invite me to come and speak to your leadership team, your staff, your nonprofit, whatever I can do to encourage your people, I do live interactions now, uh, experiences, that's a good word. Um, and thanks to my patrons, I really appreciate your support as well. Okay, so let's talk about type fours and let's point out some of the things that she says in her book. And I just wanna highlight these things for a minute. Um, and I think what I want to talk about today is where she talks about fours devaluing the present, sometimes getting stuck in the future, getting stuck in the past, and maybe having a hard time to connect with right now. Now, if you know anything about sevens, then you know that I can sometimes do that same thing. I'm sure that all sevens, you know, to some degree can kind of live in the future, uh, but it's kind of in this positive, dreamy, what could be, this would be awesome, wouldn't it be great if... And so sevens can be quite idealistic uh, about the future and nostalgic or forgetful about the past. And I know when I think about the past, it sometimes, you know, brings up sadness. So let's talk about fours. Let's keep it on subject, though. You know, she has a really great introduction about like what it was like for the four kid growing up that came into this world, was very special, felt connected, felt like they were a part, you know, the center of the family, or at least they had a special prominence in the family, and then something happened, you know, and it may be not clear what it was, but something happened that kind of moved you out of that spot. She says like maybe a baby was born in the house, or maybe you moved, um, or maybe you, you know, um, somebody that was important like your grandmother that really showed a lot of attention to you passed away, for whatever reason, there's this sense with the four that like they lost this place of prominence, this place of love and nurturing. For whatever reasons, they've lost this place and they don't know what's wrong, but there must be something fatally flawed in me. And so they go out into the world really longing for this kind of close connection and this feeling of being special again. They go out into the world with this longing for feeling to feel special and loved and connected, but there's this fear that um, if I were to open myself up to people and if I were to really let them in and connect with them and they were to then reject me, they were then to reject me, that would be so painful, I don't know if I could bear that. And so fours in their own self-protective way, it sounds like fours in their own self-protective way uh, kind of push and pull away from people. Like they long to be seen, to be known, to be connected, but they sometimes protect themselves from being hurt by maybe going into this idea that, well, I'll never really be loved or cared for perfectly for who I am um, and might over-identify with that flawed sense of themselves. And... Um, 
you know, reinforce that message. Well, one of the things she talks about, you know, in, in her uh, in her section on fours, one of the things she talks about is the tendency to like devalue the present, to idealize the, the future or the past. And I, I, I've seen this, you know, with some fours that I know and fours that I've coached and talked to and interact with. You know, I'm thinking about one person in particular that I know is a four wing five. And they very much like overvalue or overfocus on how great it must have been to be in the past, you know, to be in Bible times or in the ancient city of Rome or Egypt. And it's like there's this great enamored interest with the way things were in the past and we could never really know what it's like for them and what it was you know what life would have been like for them and we can and there's just this over focus like in 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 antiquities you might say and that's not a bad thing it's just you don't want to let that cut you off from from being present to life as it is right now you know to to miss what's right in front of you because you're so enamored with with other with over there i was talking to somebody recently you know that is moving they moved out of the country, they moved out of America and were living in Europe. Um, and they were very happy there, you know, as a four, they were very content living there. And you know, you stand out, you're different. You, everybody could interact with you and they would know you have a different accent, you have different customs, you have different traditions, maybe different language. But then when they were thinking about moving back, you know, to America, they were thinking about moving back, they felt very disheartened, very discouraged, very sad. You know, and I think, my experience with fours is that's kind of the way it is. Like when you deviate away from culture, then you're most happy. And when you have to like conform or come back to your own family, your own table to sit with your own people, you know, that can feel very difficult. I understand this. It's very exciting to see how another culture lives and to experience, have those experiences. But I probably approach it more like Anthony Bourdain, you know, like all these experiences and other ways of doing things. And I'm fascinated and enamored by that. Um, I think it's interesting and I think it's exciting. Uh, but it seems like the four maybe has a hard time then returning back to their own table and sitting with their own people, you know, and feeling comfortable there, like a part of the people that are wanting to connect with you, the people that are actually wanting to interact with you, sometimes you have a hard time engaging with those people. So, tend to idealize what is distant. What is distant? Distant in the past, distant in the future, and sometimes maybe even like distant relationally. Like, do you ever feel yourself drawn to the person that's unattainable? That's one of those things you're gonna read over and over again about fours, is they're kind of enamored with that that pen pal, you know, that person that lives on the other side of the planet that and you overly romanticize and idealize what this relationship would be like. And this could go on for two years. And the only way to really ruin this is if you were to get together and live together, then you would be very disheartened that it doesn't live up to that expectation. The, the real may not live up to uh, the the idealized fantasy of that romantic fantasy that you know that kind of exists in your head and that's often the case i mean and so guess what you're gonna have a big old slice of disappointment right and i'm a, as a seven i hate disappointment i know ones hate disappointment but they're disappointed all the time i told a one one time i was like it's hard for me sometimes to interact with ones because i always feel like i'm disappointing them you know i always feel like i'm letting them down in some way just being myself 
And that one told me, oh, don't worry about it. We're always disappointed. I don't know whether, you know, that's 100% true, but disappointment feels awful. You know, it feels terrible. And it's, it's very disappointing when reality around you doesn't live up to your expectations. And there's going to always kind of be this sense of melancholy or frustration with the way things are or how you're being perceived or how you're being included or being excluded. And, you know, just remember that as a four, you're in that shame group. You know, whether you want to be or not, you know, I'm sure you're, maybe you're not proud of this shame and pride, you know, but uh, in that shame group, there's this sense of like, things aren't right. Things are off. Things you know, relationships are broken and, and there's pain in the world and there's suffering in the world and there's doorbells in the wor world. And you know, I turned that off and yet still, I, I don't know, it still rings. Well, now you guys know somebody's at the door. But anyway, just remember that you're in part of that shame group, that there's this sense of lack. Let's say it that way. There's a sense of lack, that there's something amiss. There's something awry. And I think four is often like, Fours often like embody that or at least display that sense of like things aren't right or things aren't what they ought to be. And, you know, you got your threes and your sevens out there on the stage, hip hop bounce, pop, 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 you know, excitement. And then you got that four, that melancholy, you know, like that these foolish games by Jewel, you know, you've just got this, you're breaking my heart. And, you know, this just this pain, this identifying with pain and with suffering. And I shouldn't say this out loud, but sometimes with fours, I kind of think of it like suffering on a stage. And you probably have a interesting reaction to that. Maybe you want to punch me right now. But if you think about how much of your attention is kind of, at least from our viewpoint, who aren't fours, looking at you and watching you, it's kind of like you're you're really suffering a lot and you kind of want to be thanked for it. You kind of want to be appreciated for it, like acknowledged for it at least. And, you know, um, I don't really understand it. Um, and maybe I don't have it perfectly figured out, but I don't really understand it. But it's like, you guys have decided that we're going to endure the pain and suffering of living, you know, as a human in this world. And there is a lot of pain and suffering in this world. And one of the things that I think this does is this opens you up to be able to help people who are actually going through real pain and suffering. I don't mean that you're not. I just mean when people are going through real pain and suffering, or questions, difficult interactions. One of the things about fours is like, they tend to have this like real emotional strength. This real emotional strength, while at the same time, you know, being able to identify with people, being able to, to uh, understand people, to like non-judgmentally listen to people and identify with what's going on in their life and still have this emotional strength about yourself. To be able to help people see that even though they're having hard times and difficulties and struggles and problems that that they can be understood, which is ultimately, I think, what fours want. And fours often, I think, feel very misunderstood. And maybe you feel that right now if I don't have you guys completely understood. I was talking to a four recently and self-preservation four, if, if that matters to you, but I was talking to a four recently. And they were talking about how they endured so much growing up, you know, in as a child in a very dysfunctional setting. And they remember how, you know, how difficult life was for them. And so now they've kind of embodied this sense, like, I can't be difficult for others. 
I don't want anybody to ever feel the way I was made to feel as a child. And so I need to keep my stuff to me. I need to keep my stuff closed. And so I present Remember, it's self-preservation for. I present this upbeat, positive, and yeah, I don't really let people down beneath the surface. But isn't that really where you want to connect? I mean, isn't that really where you want to connect with people on meaningful conversations about real life and real feelings and real emotions? Isn't that what your heart kind of longs for? But, you know, I mean, they've kind of just accepted like, you know, I've got to meet people up here on the surface. I don't, how can I, how can I move the conversation in a way that takes care of them and doesn't present myself as anyone who has needs? And when they said that, I was like, wow, that's kind of that four line to two, isn't it? You can't be a person that has needs. You have to be a person that's there to serve others, to take care of others. Even in the way you talk to them, you have to present in such a way as to not be too much for them and to meet them where they are and take care of them and not open yourself up. And isn't that kind of the problem, right? Is you want to have this deep connection with somebody, but what's the fear? The fear is if I open myself up to them and then they were to really know me, they would see the flaws. They would see the flaws and just being me is not enough. I need to be special. I need to be brilliant. I need to be amazing. I need to be wonderful. Notice all the comparing, like you're always comparing yourself with other people. What are, and also like a sonar, like this sonar is going out and it's bouncing off of people. Like, what do they think of me? Are they recognizing this? Do they notice this change I made? Do they, how are they perceiving me? How are they relating to me? You know, are they, are they including me? Are they separating themselves from me? Are they reaching out to me? You know, those of us that aren't fours, in those kinds of interactions, we might have a tendency to think you're making things about yourself when they're really not. Like we're not trying to exclude you. We all just went for coffee. Um, we're not trying to minimize you uh, by helping you solve a problem. You said you were having a problem and I'm listening to you tell me about the problem your relationship with your mom or your relationship with your dad is breaking down and you're telling me you're lamenting. Remember the speaking style of the four is to lament. So you're lamenting, you know, summarize, look what they did to me. Look at how they treated me. Look at how, how much I've had to endure, how much I've suffered. And I'm listening to that. And then I, I give you some advice or I say, well, have you tried this? There's a tendency for you to feel minimized and diminished when somebody tries to offer you help. And realize it makes sense to me why that is, is, you know, it's kind of like, well, my problems, you think my problems are so simple and look, you should appreciate me for how much I'm able to suffer and how much I'm able to endure. Most people in your life are not going to, are not going to be clear about that. Like I need to, instead of trying to help you fix your problem, I should appreciate and admire you for all that you're able to suffer and endure. That's not going to be obvious to most of the people you're going to interact with. And when they try to offer help to you and you get frustrated with them and feel very misunderstood and back your chair away and say, oh my goodness, you know, I can't, there's no going forward with this person. They're going to be extremely confused because I'm just trying to help you. And then you got upset with me and sent me this long text message and this email. What did I mean by that? What did I, what was I implying when I, most people are probably just going to back away and be like, okay. I don't know how to relate to this person. So, well, 
can I push back? Can you push back just a little bit on some of these impulses? Realize that, you know, okay, let me say this. Realize that you're fine the way you are. I mean, yeah, you're broken, but we're all broken. I'm broken in a seven way and my wife's broken in a two way and you're broken in a four way. We're all a little bit broken, right? But, but you're okay. You have a unique personality, whether you work at it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, you have a unique special personality and you're not any more fundamentally flawed than all the rest of us are. We're all flawed. It's just maybe it bothers you more than it bothers the rest of us. You know, the rest of us go, okay, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to have fun. Okay, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to work hard to make it better. Yeah, I'm not perfect, but you know, I'm going to lock myself into my room with all of my thoughts and all of my information. Um, I think it maybe it just bothers you more that whatever I used to be or whatever position I used to hold now seems very distant. So let's keep going with, I'm getting off, off subject. This happens, you know, um, with what's distant and see only what is lacking in the present, see only what is lacking in the present or what isn't, you know, as great as it ought to be or isn't as wonderful as it ought to be. Okay. Um, you know, that's going to make it hard, right? If everywhere you go, you see what is lacking, what is deficient, what doesn't measure up. I mean, you can tell like, well, what kind of emotional state are you going to have if that's your outlook? If that's your outlook, you're, I mean, that's kind of like a recipe for being melancholy. Maybe, and I'm not saying, okay, well, see, you're flawed. You need to fix this. Just maybe recognize this, that my tendency as a four is to see what's lacking in the present. So when that happens, maybe instead of giving a lot of attention to it and letting yourself kind of spiral into a dark hole in the ground, what if you just tapped your forehead and said, oh, there I go again, I, finding it difficult to stay connected to the present. There I go again, over, you know, feeling and overthinking things. Um, you know, maybe everything around me is just fine and the people around me are fine and maybe it's just an impulse I have as a four to kind of look for what's missing or who's not here or what's not being said. Okay. Observe yourself to see if you glorify or regret the past and fantasize about the future. Do you live in the past? Do you live in the past? Do you rehearse over and over again? your childhood over and over again, you know, your dating relationships or your time in college or when, you know, maybe there were people in your life that didn't interact well with you that maybe, you know, you had a difficult time with. Do you, do you go back into that, into that history and, you know, dig up the bones? And if you do, I don't know that it's a bad thing. It's just notice that you're doing it. Notice uh, your tendency to maybe go back and lament and regret and to long for or or to to be frustrated with or to be hurt by. Notice how much time you spend in the past. How how often your conversations go back to let me tell you what they did to me. Let me tell you you can't imagine how how I was treated. And I, and I okay, I'm not saying that you weren't I'm just saying, why does your mind continually go back there? I mean, if it was so bad, why wouldn't you want to put that behind you? If that's so bad, why wouldn't you want to move on? I mean, that would be the question that somebody else might ask is like, wow, it's so bad. 
I don't ever want to think about it again. I don't ever want to dwell on that. I want to move on. And I'm not saying that that is the right way. I'm just saying check to see if your mind moves away from enjoying or embracing what's happening or happening around you. Um, okay, well, you know, I mean, that feels like it could be a problem if everything that is around you, you're, you have a difficult time engaging in. Um, I know that as a seven, I have that same tendency is I could be so focused on what we could be doing or how much better it could be or what's coming next that I have a hard time slowing down to stay present to the moment. And it sounds like fours maybe struggle with something similar. Uh, check to see if your mind moves away from enjoying and embracing what is happening around you and continually uh, contemplating the missed opportunities. Um, that's going to make me feel very sad or melancholy, which again, I know as a four doesn't feel like as, as, um, dis, as difficult as it does to me as a seven that feel that feel. Okay. What I'm trying to say is I think that I don't like to feel bad and that's more of a priority to me than it is to you. I think that my guess is, is that it's probably more okay to have gloomy days or down days or sad feelings than it is to me. So I'm not saying you're bad for having sad feelings, but what I am saying is be careful that you, like me, sometimes can have a difficult time being fully engaged in the present. There we go. So whatever's going on around you, the people that are trying to connect with you, the good that's surrounding you, are you able to open yourself up to that? Not distant past, distant future, but right now, right here in the moment. And if you find that difficult, then you might just ask yourself, like, what is it costing me by having such a hard time? What am I losing out on? Am I, am I going to be able to ever reach my goals in life if I'm find it so difficult to be happy in the present moment. Almost like there's a fear of being too happy or a fear of being too functional. And I wonder if it's a little bit like when, when, you're, when you're happy and you're functional and everything's going well and relationships are going good, then either it's getting boring and it needs to be more dramatic or I know that the carpet's going to get pulled out from under me. And so in a panic, in a fear of the carpet getting pulled out from under me and all of this collapsing because... Of course, that's the way it's going to go for me. It's all going to collapse. And so in that assumption that everything could collapse, you might find that you tend to sabotage the very things in life that you want, like healthy relationships. In that push-pull dynamic, there's such a fear that if this gets pulled away from me, that would be so painful. So why don't I go ahead and test it and push on it and challenge these people and pull away from them and test them and see if, and again, this is going to be very confusing to the people that are trying to love you and relate to you. They're not going to, they're not going to understand why there's this game being played. They just think I'm opening myself up to you and I want to be your friend and I want to be connected to you and you keep, you know, pulling away from me. Okay. Um, missed opportunities or a roser picture of what could be more satisfying in the future. You may think that the grass is greener somewhere else. Look, we have a connection here. Fours and sevens. The grass is greener somewhere else or in some other relationship or some other time or some other location. The grass is greener somewhere and this can take you away from 
from the present and can take you away from taking the action necessary to make your own grass greener right now, right here, wherever it is you live. Look at that line to one when things are going well and you're not as stressed and you can push back a little bit on some of these tendencies. Notice how one, you move to action. Ones want to get things done. One was telling, you know, kind of put those emotions down for a little bit, listen to them, but don't give all your attention to them. What is it you need to be doing right now? Think of that one line as, what do you need to be doing right now? What do you need to be focused on? What, what steps can you take? And that three wing of what's your goal here? What's your strategy? And you know, if you want to have great relationships, then you've got to show up 100% in those relationships. And I get it, you're probably saying, I do show up 100%, it's the other people that can't be real. It's the other people that, that won't uh, accept me the way that I am. Well. I can't change other people, right? I can't change other people. All I can do is take responsibility for myself, take responsibility for how I'm engaging, and do the best I can to try to receive the love that people around me are trying to show me. Can you do that? Can you can you open yourself up to receive the the appreciation, the attention, the love um, as it's being given to you? Well, it's not being given to me correctly. Probably, probably, but okay. Uh, be present to the moment. Uh, this may create a push-pull dynamic in your relationships that make you s make sometimes people that are distant from you seem more attractive. The more unavailable they are, the more attractive they are to you. <clears throat> okay, that's kind of a recipe for pain, isn't it? Like I'm going to fall in love with with the teacher. That's Kind of a seven thing. I'm gonna fall in love with the teacher, you know, and I'm gonna win them over. Well, okay, only bad can happen from this. This person is unattainable, and let's leave them kind of unattainable. How much of your life do, how much of your time is spent focused on what is really not realistic or unattainable? So anyway, my camera, was doing all kinds of weird things on me and it cut off. I still haven't figured out how to use cameras yet. Sounds like difficult things. But anyway, I'll talk to you guys next time and I'm gonna do a couple more videos on fours and um, I'll see you next time. Take care guys and be present to life.